to Chainsaw Matinee. Everybody take your seats. We have such sights to show you. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. And I'm a Leo Moon. That says a <laughs> lot, you guys. I'm Actually, a, you know, no, I'm, I'm Hannah. Moon. <laughs> oh, shit. I almost said I'm I actually have no idea what I'm my sign is. Well, you're, you're a Gemini sun. And according to some people... Uh, all of this is bullshit. <laughs> it is doesn't really matter. But it's fun anyways. You take it and or you leave it, you know? It's like, is it useful? Depends. Eh, whatever floats your boat. Exactly. That's my approach to it. I like I all like I it because it's fun. Funny. I don't take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I like it because I'm a Leo, and that's a lion, and I think lions are cool. I am so a I can Libra. go tell everyone that I'm like this really bold lion, even though that's not really true. It allows me to pretend to be someone that I'm not. So I appreciate. Nice. It. <laughs> well, fake it till you make it, I guess. There you go. I'm a two-faced fucking Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> You're an actor. I'm I'm, I'm a Libra, actor. and I guess that means I can never make a decision about anything. But also at the same time, I um, am supposed to be the judge, jury, and executioner on everything. And that's a little bit of a pressure. So you are the jigsaw of our friend Chris. <laughs> well, like... In ancient Greece, they believed in the in like zodiacs big time and would not let people who were Libras on juries because of like stuff that they held accountable. Or I'm tired. Damn. But, yeah, they they that's they whack. Not, like just because of like that that description of Libras, they would not allow them to serve on juries. Which that's fine. I don't got to do jury duty. <laughs> there you go. So He's a Libra moon that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight we are here to talk about bodies, bodies, bodies. Buddies, buddies, buddies. So I also, this is Pride Month. So, um, of course, fitting the theme, we picked a movie. You can't with- spell Pride Month without demon <laughs> True. um i do love like i would definitely say this is one for the messy gays oh um, for sure oh this is God. a very messy gay i love movie. me some toxic gays like we've oh got some and toxic this is so accurate up in here yeah and i'm really i really enjoyed it and let me clarify, accurate as in I have seen this friend group before, not all lesbians oh, for are sure. messy. That oh is not God. what I mean to say. But no, on I've top of that, spring- I feel like there's a pressure for um, like the queer community sometimes where we have to be... I saw a video essay about this where, quote unquote, good gays so that the straights will like us. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes you just want to see people be human beings and be allowed to be like 
messy and have the weird dramatic twists and turns that everyone else gets to have in story narratives. So it's really satisfying to just see queer people be people as well as and not just like a manic pixie dream gay, if that makes sense. Like, I'd much rather see complicated people who are all different in their own ways kind of clash against each other in a drama rather than like, oh, "Oh, I am... The amount sexless nice gay. I feel like I've seen these the conversation that they've had in this movie almost word for word just out on Twitter. Oh, I was thinking (laughs) at our university that we went. Oh, that too, but like Um, like But like Yeah. Yeah. So I was recounting this to Marty the other day. When I first started being more open uh, about being gay Oh, probably around when I first went to college, let's say like 2015, 2016, a very common thing that straight girls would tell me was they were always like, oh, I wish I was gay. Girls are just so much simpler, you know, it's just so much easier. And I have never laughed so hard. (laughs) I'm like, have you ever? No, I just can't. I'm like, I'm sorry, but... I hate to break it to you, but, like, lesbian relationships are just as dramatic as straight relationships. There is so much drama. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is. No matter who you're into, there's always the potential for drama. Because it's almost as if all humans are just dramatic bitches. <laughs> it's true. Um, I this feel movie like... is also the perfect... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, like, people can be fucking dramatic from any walk of life um it like the drama does not discriminate i'm just i will will say that the drama does not discriminate sometimes you're just gonna meet one of the most dramatic fucking people in the world and it uh, yeah (laughs) it has nothing to do with sexuality and it has everything to do with uh just how fucking dramatic they want with to make everything. Zodiac sign, apparently. I guess it has something to do with your zodiac. I mean, I guess if you're a Libra, then you don't get into much drama. But then again, I was also getting into fights with people online quite often as a child. <laughs> well, and not only the fact that like these are queer characters, there it's also like they're the generation that has grown up with social media from the get-go they are extremely wealthy so they have easy access to drugs and like high profile stuff so like these specific characters have like and they're teenagers or like very young adults so like the hormones and the new life experiences are rampant so like Mm -hmm. everyone's clashing off each other and like the different pressures and expectations put on them by like this social media clout versus you know just Mm -hmm. the hell that is being alive in the internet age yeah i i was worried going into this movie because of the advertising like the advertising used a lot of catchy words that have you are so toxic yeah they're like this is not a safe space i'm triggered and like you're silencing me yeah all this stuff plastered all over and like it made me worried like oh is this gonna be one of those movies it's like Gen Z is so stupid and they're all selfish and care about their phones. But no, this this movie is a criticism of like specifically like rich 
Gen Z, um, mm-hmm. which is very different. Like wealthy young people are very different from working class young people. And mm-hmm. so I do think it works in that regard. I'm like, oh yeah, this is a completely different ballpark than like anyone that I would have been friends with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely knew people like this, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say I was friends with them. I, I, because we went to a private university, I saw them in passing quite a bit. Oh my god. The... But I never got along with them, and I never, ever, like, had conversations with them, like, past, like, sitting next to them at lunch and being like, oh my god, I'm never doing this again. We <laughs> went to a private university that had a very well-known theater program. Mm-hmm. And, like, no shade to theater kids, but... A lot of y'all, a lot are, of y'all uh, are Nepo babies. Upper middle class. <laughs> oh, no, I'm fully going to say it. Like, the only way you can be a, like, working actor now is if you have independent wealth. Yeah. Like, that is the only way you can afford auditions. That is the only way you can afford the time. Because, like, auditions happen in the middle of the day when people are working. I have to take off work and sacrifice money to go. You also mm-hmm. need money for dance classes. You need money for voice classes. You need money for acting classes so that you can get your face out there. You need money to hire an agent. You need money to hire a publicist. You need mm-hmm. money for a website. You need money. Like, if th- I will throw shade at theater kids. Like, if you are an independent working actor, there are, of course, exceptions. But most of the time, they are these kinds of people who are independently wealthy or their parents are independently wealthy. Mm-hmm. also yeah that upper middle class exchange like i could talk about that all day long i love it so much and i know for me and this is something i'm always nervous about which is something i do love that they address in the movie right now we are there you know we, we will say things about like gen z and our own experiences with these things that there are of course not generalizations which is why this movie is so great is like there are these individual characters who are influenced by outside sources so they they are allowed to be their own individual unique little humans while also kind of commenting on the culture we've created without like you know going oh we live in a pc culture because that's not really the point of the movie the point of the movie Mm -hmm. is just more to like observe the trends especially in regards to these rich gen z people who are just surrounded by social media and drugs Mm -hmm. and money yeah yeah like the other thing is too like they're appropriating all of these words and this uh social justice related terminology and they're stripping it of its original meaning and just using it you know in a selfish way mm-hmm. to it's basically like a lot of time they're just trying to say you hurt my feelings but they don't want to say that so they'll be like oh you triggered me like or you're gaslighting me mm-hmm. and Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate because I would say like this has been a conversation a lot recently. It's like the word gaslighting is way overused. It, it is way overused, um, but at the same time, it's being totally misused. Like it's a very like specific term in like mental health spe- spheres and like the like and of like abuse spheres mm-hmm. and. Uh, they just kind of throw it around like it it just means like you lied to me or yeah you know. or like the word triggered i mean that is like it refers specifically to like a symptom of ptsd mm-hmm. where like you get flashbacks or um uh my 
PTSD manifested as anger. And so I would get like these anger triggers. Oh, yeah. I would like sit in a corner for hours and like feel this intense rage. And like, like the phrase seeing red, like I never knew until that point in my life that that was accurate. Like that Mm -hmm. was like all you could see or think about. And um, now people just kind of use the word triggered to mean like, oh, I'm upset. And yeah. it's unfortunate because it really yeah, takes away it's from thrown like, aw- around as like a joke. It's like, this is triggering and it's just like a weird image you saw on the internet, like yeah, it's from like someone's it's a, fur affinity account or something. It's like I don't a know. psychological term and it's like, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, how would you feel if we took medical terminology like, you know, terminology related to, like, heart surgery or something and just started throwing it around in everyday conversation. Well, I mean, I feel like everyone, like, f- since the beginning of, like, mental health and stuff like that that has been studied, we have been taking words that mean specific things and then uh, turning them into insults and jokes. Um, there there are very certain words uh, that were used back in the day that I'm not going to say now because they are slurs now. <laughs> um, uh, like the R word and like a lot of other things that like you just, it, it just got turned into a joke and like calling people stupid and all this other stuff. And um, part of it is just because people don't take mental health seriously. <laughs> Yeah, and now it even seems like, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a specific instance in this movie where it's using therapy speak to, like, either, I don't know, because, like, with these kids, it's so hard to tell when they, like, use the terminology to, like, I don't like, in the scene where she, one of the characters reveals that her mother is, um, what was she again? She's bipolar? Yeah, or mm-hmm. borderline. Borderline. Borderline, borderline, thank you. Um, and then one of the characters is like, that is such a serious issue. Mental health is very important. But they're using these, like, phrases, but she doesn't actually mean it. And then immediately she's like, you know, I suffer from body dysmorphia. Which, again, very serious issue. But in that moment, you're like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People it's are dead. like The way they use this kind of talk is always to lift themselves up. It, it's and always like, to center the conversation on them instead of whatever else is supposed to be, like, all, like what they're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. Yeah, or actually addressing the issue, because, like, there mm-hmm. is a character who does, um, it, it's, it's a hard line because she, she had a drug problem and a drinking problem, and she hurt a lot of people along the way, which she got help for it, which she needed, but she also didn't take responsibility for the people that she hurt while she was in that spiral. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was like, you guys were toxic. You guys were not supportive. Even though, like, the character said, like, we went with you to the hospital. And she continues to go down these, like, patterns of, like, not following through or going through. So it's it's more than just these things that affect you. It's how you respond and take accountability Mm-hmm. for the things you are going through there are some things that of course are not your faults but you still have to you know take accountability and responsibility which all of these characters are unable to do probably because of their wealth and privilege 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, this whole movie is just kind of um, placing the blame on people when you probably should just, like, look around, look at what's in front of you and before jumping to conclusions. <laughs> so... Let's let's get into yeah, this movie so that the... we can actually like go into details and things. Yeah. Yes. So this movie is about a group of friends who are meeting up for a hurricane party. I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently it's a thing. And I, I used to, I didn't know it was a I thing. I used either. to live in a place with hurricanes, but we didn't do this when I was younger. So basically like Probably because you weren't fucking rich. Yeah. <laughs> I mean true, yeah. So there's a hurricane coming, and so these people go to um, the guy, David, I think was his name. Yeah. They go to it's, his yes. family's Davidson. mansion, and they're basically just going to have a big old party in the middle of a hurricane. And so our main characters are Sophie and B, who are girlfriends, and... Um, Sophie and David were best friends in childhood, and, like, this whole friend group has known each other a really long time, so it's a little bit hard for B because she's not from a wealthy background, she doesn't know any of these people, she's kind of shy, so we're already set up with, like, this kind of conflict. We do learn pretty quickly that Sophie was a drug addict, and she's gone to rehab and become sober and she hasn't talked to her friend group in a while and so it's a little bit awkward but um who are the other people that we meet we've got we have emma david um, alice yeah we have lee pace (laughs) yeah lee pace um greg named greg and we have jordan so jordan is sophie's ex and there was one more guy, wasn't there? Oh, uh, um, I... um, there's Matt, but he's late. Yeah, or Max. And... I so... thought Max like drove them there, and then he left. Yeah. So David's girlfriend is Emma, and she is an actress. As multiple characters state many times throughout the film, oh, she's acting. Oh, she's dramatic. And so we get this idea of her. And then Alice is a podcaster, which I fucking love Alice. Uh, She's so much. She might be my favorite character. Mm -hmm. She's so funny. And then Greg. And the actress really gave it her all. Yeah. Greg is her boyfriend. And I think it's also said like they've just started dating because she's trying to like get over yeah some breakup with another guy so and greg this, is lee pace yeah which greg i is love lee pace and they've been dating for two weeks and he's a leaper moon and a vet um which we find out later he's not a like a vet. veteran he's not a veteran he's uh a veterinarian, he's a veterinarian. <laughs> yeah that reveal was, and really then like, funny. why did you look call him GI Joe? Just like, well, look at him, look at him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, that's so good. So the characters are all partying. The hurricane starts, and at some point during the night, they decide to play a game called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's kind of like Werewolf 
where like one person is the murderer and you turn off all the lights and run around and if the murderer touches you you have to lie down and pretend to be dead and then if someone else comes across a dead body they have to yell bodies 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 and then everyone comes to that room and tries to guess who the murderer is mm-hmm. so they're all kind of playing goofing around uh greg gets mad and leaves at one point he's like because he's a very like oh i'm just chill vibes bro so he like well, David is, like, mad that he's Yeah, David there. is really dick to him. Yeah, David, like, I think is just jealous of the fact that he's, like, a good-looking, like, older dude, and that he can, I guess, get a girlfriend as young as uh, these girls are? Uh, question mark. Um, well, and there's, like, this whole scene where he's talking with Sophie, and he's... Like, say, he's not better looking than me. I think I, I'm better looking than him. And Sophie's like, yeah. really? He's like, yeah, I look like I fuck. Which is really, <laughs> I really funny on I two fuck. levels. Because, I one... Guess Pete Davidson does Pete Davidson in real that. life. Yeah, he's, like, he <laughs> dates some of the most powerful women in the world. So it's like, whoa. Okay, yeah. But, like, the he's way he delivers like, that line is very, like, almost incel-adjacent. Like, he's not quite incel, but he's, like, incel-adjacent. Yeah. I, I feel like it's an in-joke because, like, Pete Davidson has dated, like, a bunch of women. Um, but, like, this dude is, like, just an asshole and his girlfriend is probably just staying with him because uh, she is afraid to leave him. Uh, which is a conversation that comes up quite a bit. Um, David is also, like, really mad that Greg can just, like, do cool shit. Like, he, he, like, picked up a sword he has that the biggest was in lungs. David's house and, like, opened a champagne bottle with it. <laughs> and, which, <laughs> which leads to, like, the inciting incident of this movie. Yeah, which I think we should talk about that at the end. Yeah. because, so... Ah, it's just got such a colorful group of people and yeah. like the conversations they have are just so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the like, ra- the comedic writing in this, this movie, movie is fucking hysterical cuz they know exactly how to use modern slang without it sounding out of touch or cringy because that's part of the point with these characters is they are so rich that they're out of touch and they they all refuse to acknowledge their own debt like baggage while throwing everyone else under the bus and it's just it's hilarious it's a lot like watching reality tv when everyone's just fighting and like Mm -hmm. you know this is not good for anyone's emotional state but you're just kind of can't look away yeah yeah so and then like everyone kind of starts fighting and the power goes out and so B wanders outside and she finds David with his throat cut. And the sword that was used earlier to open the champagne bottle is laying there all bloody. So they all start freaking out and they they immediately start accusing each other and Greg who has like gone to go take a nap. So, yeah, and um, of course like they have no reception because the power's out and uh sophie's car's battery had died 
because uh, they accident B accidentally left the lights on, and Max took the other car, so they're kind of stranded there, and they go to confront Greg. Because they think he <laughs> killed David. Because, oh, like, they were arguing earlier, and they, it's They Greg's go to sword. find Greg in, in the bedroom, and he's not there. And then they go into, like, the gym, and he's, like, laying down flat on the gym floor with, like, this, like, UV light mask on. And <laughs> he has seasonal depression. <laughs> he has seasonal <laughs> depression. <laughs> it's so funny. And, like, that's when we get the conversation where they're, like accusing him like well you said he was a vet so that means he's capable of killing and she's like no he's a veterinarian so so, um (laughs) before they start talking about that they actually like walk in and start accusing him and uh one of them pulls a knife on him and he's like kind of freaking out but he's like trying to like keep calm and uh he like rips the knife out of her hand and is like brandishing it against like the girls and they're like okay if you put down your knife we'll put down ours and so like they're like trying to calm down and then i forget who it was b yeah i think yeah well well before b like does that the thing like one of them like tackles lee pace and like is trying to like I think it was Sophie, yeah. Um, one of them tackles Sophie Lee or Pace. Jordan, because Jordan's very it like, may have been we Jordan gotta solve too. this problem. Um, I Actually, I do think it was Jordan. Um, but uh, they like try to tackle him and like jump on his back and like he kind of like falls on his knees and then B like walks up behind him very sneakily and uh, smacks him over a head with a kettlebell. Um, <laughs> and, Which does uh, kill him. And yeah, I, she fucking that shook me. Him. And um, Poor Greg. she's like freaking out and like vomits all over herself. And um, is just like freaking out about the fact that she just like killed this guy. But she also is like, well, he like he was like trying to attack us too so like i was just trying to protect y'all and it's not a good it's not a good situation <laughs> it's just become a mess at this point so they're wondering like was greg really the killer emma at one point throws out the idea that max might be the killer because he told her the night before that he is in love with her and she's with david so she's like maybe he wanted to kill david to get revenge so everyone's freaking out, mm-hmm. and Sophie ends up relapsing and doing cocaine with Emma, who and Emma like starts making moves on her and like kisses her, mm-hmm. and Sophie's like, "What the fuck? Well, like, she, I didn't want this from you at all." Yeah. And uh, she gives Emma like some pills, and Emma's yeah. like kind of dazed at one point, like cause she's freaking out because her boyfriend is dead. So, like, she, like, does some drugs to, like, calm down. Yeah. And, uh, a little bit later, they find her dead. Um, Yeah, they find Emma dead with a big- At the bottom of the stairs, her scalp is, like, she banged her head on everything on the way down. It's Mm -hmm. bloody mess. So, now, 
Jordan and Alice are thinking maybe B is actually the killer because they start to bring to light all these things like, well, I looked you up and no one with your name has graduated from the college you said you went to. And like a lot of stuff, like we don't know you very well. You haven't been part of this friend group. And so they put B outside and she is trying to get in and she sees through a window that Jordan has a gun that belongs to David's dad that was at the house. And so she's freaking out thinking Jordan's going to kill the other people. So she manages to get back inside. Real quick though, real quick (laughs) before she does that, she also goes to the car and finds Jordan's underwear in uh, Sophie's car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So not a good look. So she comes back in and, and she comes clean about her past, but she had to drop out of college because her mother has borderline and so B dropped out to take care of her and she apologizes and she's like, I'm sorry for lying to you, Sophie, but I just didn't want you to think less of me. Like you and your friends are so impressive and I'm a kind of a nobody. And mental health is so important. (laughs) Yeah. Mental health is so important. I have body dysmorphia. (laughs) Yeah, and so I that's where we love get that Alice. She has the best lines. <laughs> At She's this point, funny. like they all just start to dish on each other. Like Jordan is saying that she and Sophie slept together before Sophie came there with B, and and this is when she kind of talks about how every time she, like, she went to the hospital three times and almost died with her in the ambulance and then she was dragged off unwillingly to rehab because she turned it i think their friend group turned her into her dad who cut off her um trust fund yeah so which is why she wanted to talk to david yeah she thinks the only reason sophie's at the party is to talk to david and ask him to help her convince her parents to let her access her money again and um And Sophie kind of brings up a lot of shit like, well, being like, you guys are really toxic and being around you wasn't great because I'm an addict and here we are tonight. You guys have been doing drugs in front of me all night. So like, of course I relapsed. And I don't know, they kind of all have a point of like, yeah, I can, I can understand why (laughs) you're both upset about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they're all kind of bad yeah. I, I don't want to say bad people. They're all they all got their own shit that they won't fess up to, but the worst thing by far is that Jordan hates Alice's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> which is about all... hanging with your coolest and smartest friends. Yeah, the Jordan hate listens to her podcast. And Alice and Jordan start going after it, and Alice is like telling Jordan, like, no one likes you because you're mean and you're a bitch. And uh, they just, uh, the scene is You're a whole so rags to riches good. story when really your parents are upper, upper middle, middle class. class. <laughs> They're not. Delivery. They are. They teach at a university. It's public. <laughs> it's oh, so that good. line delivery. It's so good. So Jordan shoots Alice in the leg. She gets really upset. And then you shot all me. of them, you all four me. girls are just 
jumping, going for the gun. And Alice accidentally gets shot in the struggle. And then Sophie and Jordan continue to fight. And B ends up, like, they end up kind of moving up the stairs. And then B comes out and pushes Jordan off of the staircase banner. And Jordan's like, you need to check Sophie's texts. Because I was sleeping with Which her. is so fucking funny. Because, like, this girl has just been pushed off of a railing. She's about to die. And the last thing she does is point the gun at her. And you think she's going to say something dramatic like, fuck you or something. And she's just like, check the text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta admire it. Gotta admire the gumption. And that's the thing. is like, all these people are kind of awful. But I kind of love them all at the same time. You uh, you love them because they are terrible. Like, yeah. They are a source of entertainment because of how terrible they are. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, very much uh, reality TV vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So B and Sophie kind of start distrusting each other at this point. Um, and it's morning time. Sophie tells B that when she relapsed and did cocaine, she saw Emma trip and fall down the stairs because she was on drugs. And B is like, well, I want to see your texts then because, you know, it sounds like you cheated on me. And they're just fighting. They fall into the pool because B's trying to get at Sophie's phone. Mm-hmm. So she climbs out and she grabs a phone, thinking that it's Sophie's phone, but it's actually David's phone. And so she looks, she's like looking at his phone and sees a TikTok video that he was making <laughs> of himself with the sword trying to open the champagne bottle. Like and he, did earlier. Uh, he flips the sword around and starts like pointing it at himself while he's trying to open this this fucking champagne bottle and he misses and slices his neck open and bleeds out and dies. Yeah. So both of them realize like, oh, all of this shit was over nothing. Mm-hmm. And then Max comes back <laughs> walking in on this bloody scene and cuts black. Mm-hmm. Well, I have reception. Yeah, I have reception. So have fun explaining that to the fucking cops. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very funny. It's very clever. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie. Um, Mm -hmm. I it's it's so funny. You just like watching these people fuck up. Just horribly. It's very, it has the energy of a screwball comedy. Like, it's interesting that this is a horror movie. Like, it has jump scares and horrible death and stuff like that. But it's also just, like, a screwball comedy at the Mm -hmm. same time. And just hilarious. Like, I haven't laughed this hard at a movie in a really long time. And all these actors are incredibly talented. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the performances are great. And, like, to me, I don't know, this and Euphoria have, like, almost a similar energy in terms of aesthetic, like, with partying and, like, you know, the the ways that Gen Z and young, old, yeah, younger millennials, I don't know, have this, like, 
pressure to party and destroy themselves, but also, like, I don't know. It's it's this complicated thing that I think we're still reckoning with of, like, how much of it is within their or our control, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I genuinely hard. don't know the answer. Yeah. It's hard to say, because, like... Especially where I fall into this, because I don't consider myself Gen Z. I think I'm just a little bit too old, and I don't relate to, like, anything that well, like Gen Z people talk about. From, like, 1995 to about 1997, 1998 is, like, the, like, transition period of, like, yeah. millennial to Gen Z. Um, so we're kind of just, like... And, but I mean, anyway, yeah. not that it really matters. I mean, you can't really put people into like a box based on generations. You're a millennial if you had a house phone. <laughs> yeah, especially with millennial and Gen Z, the crossover is more blurry. Because like when you think about like the difference between like Boomer and Gen Z, that is a big difference because they didn't grow up with the internet. They didn't grow up with these they didn't grow up with, like, 9-11 hanging over their heads, like, mm. or these, the constant flow of information at all times. So, like, I think it is interesting, the generation divide, because, like, there are certain aspects that I think people who refuse to, like, look at how different things are, like, you know, go into a job, hand them your resume, give them a sturdy handshake, and they'll give you a job. It's like, that's not how it works anymore, old man. No, if you walk um, in there, they'll have you arrested. <laughs> Exactly. But at the same time, sometimes the internet can influence us to put on these fronts to the point where we don't know how to communicate with each other as people. So, like, every generation has their own baggage and their own things they have to reckon with and just, you know, everyone's seeing and being able to kind of own up to their own, like, yeah, we do this, but, you know, we do what we can. It's kind of funny to see. I think that probably for me the most interesting social commentary that comes out of this movie is the the way that everyone just immediately jumps to conclusions Mm -hmm. oh david was murdered and like immediately jump to accusing each other instead of Mm -hmm. sitting down and and rationalizing it for a minute and that is so true of like i wouldn't even say it's a generational thing i think it's just something that everyone who uses the internet does now like you Mm -hmm. always just assume the absolute worst in people Mm -hmm. and like you kind of operate under this assumption that everyone means you harm yeah and i think that's definitely like a mindset that the internet has has brought about (laughs) well not only that but i also think that all of these people just like weren't good friends to begin with and like they kind of are like oh we're best friends but like we don't even really care like care about each other that much and like um kind of just see they kind of just like see each other as like accessories to like help them out with I I feel like their their image in a way, um, which is why I something I've been thinking about is when um, Sophie says I love you to B, and she's like you don't have to say it back because like you know that feels like the closest thing to the contrast of like oh I am only friends with you for myself like they are all very mm-hmm. selfish people like as soon as things 
kind of divert away from them. They try to figure out a way to finagle it back to the attention on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is interesting because then Sophie asks B again, like, do you love me? And then at the end, they're just, she like refuses to admit, like, I cheated on you or be honest with her. Um, mm-hmm. but then B, so it's just like, ah, man, I, it's so wild to me. I don't know what to make yeah. of it, but I like it. I feel yeah. like, uh, like, B, bef- like, before they go to this party, I feel like, it's pretty nice their relationship and then once sophie gets around her old friends she starts like getting into these old habits and kind of using b as an accessory um and i feel like b starts to question whether or not she actually really cared about her yeah um so i have a question for you guys Mm mm-hmm do yes. you think that Sophie intentionally killed Emma? Or do you think her death was really an accident? I think it was an accident. I think, um, like, just like with most of this movie, it's people being stupid and, like, not, like, own- like owning up to, like, their own mistakes, which, um... Uh, the big mistake there is just like not telling anyone that she fell down the stairs. Mm. Well, <laughs> well and I think she she has some blame in terms. Yeah, giving yeah. her the drugs. I think was her just like trying to get. I think she just wanted revenge. I didn't think she thought that far ahead. I think she was just angry and lashing out. Mm-hmm. I don't think she expected her to die, but I think I she. Think, I think she, she is culpable in a, a little way. I think she just wanted to get Emma to shut up and, like, gave her these pills that would, like, kind of knock her out and didn't realize, oh, they're gonna kick in when she's on the stairs. Um, but, so, yeah, it definitely then, like, made me feel did. worse about Sophie as a person, but I don't think, I didn't think of her as a murderer. I was just like, ah, she yeah. did a shitty thing and now someone's dead. Mm-hmm. Whoop. Oh man, I was also really bummed when Alice died, mostly just because I loved her lines the most. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite death in this movie? I kind of actually just really like David's death because yeah, that that shit was so hilarious. Funny. The first time I saw this movie, I completely did not see that coming. Which, looking <laughs> back, it's like, oh, it's obvious. Like, of course he was doing something dumb. Yeah. But, you know, you kind of go in just expecting this to be a murder mystery. So I was so surprised at the end. And it, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a really funny twist. I, I also think it's pretty good that the entire time they're, like, blaming each other for the death of this stupid white man. When he's the one who shot himself in the, his own foot. Um... Or rather, uh, slit his own throat. <laughs> With um. his own, his father's, what did he call the name of the sword? It's a very specific name. Like, that's my father's blah blah blah. Like a scimitar or something. Something like, like that, yeah. Yeah. See, I feel bad because, like, I watched the Dead Meat Awards before watching this movie where they give a shout out to this death. So mm-hmm. I thought, um, 
I kind of knew going in, like, as soon as he showed up dead, I'm like, oh, so this whole movie. But I loved that they all just, like, they let, they fed the chaos and anxiety. And, like, if they had just stopped for a second, mm-hmm. they could have, like, solved so much shit. But, like, just watching the chaos descend and the interwoven drama play out between these characters was so fascinating that even knowing the twist, I still enjoyed this movie so fucking much. Yeah, it's like... A bunch of people who have never truly had to, like, sit down and think critically in their entire lives, uh, trying to play detective (laughs) and fucking up royally. Which, to be fair, Alice does the thing I do whenever I play Clue or mystery games where you have to figure out the killer. If you accuse everyone, eventually, you're gonna be right. (laughs) Correct. I mean, true. But she also, like, missed the, the like, correct answer totally. <laughs> That's true. She didn't go far enough. <laughs> she did not. Maybe Mr. Body killed himself. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I think that was on a, a show that um, Will uh, Forte does where he, like, makes... I think Pete, I think it was the episode with Pete Davidson where he makes them like play a murder mystery game and at the end they have to guess the killer and Pete Davidson guessed the victim. <laughs> Wait, who, what show is this? Uh, give me a second, I'll Google it. That's very funny and kind of meta. <laughs> Moonbeam City? Hmm. Nope, 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 that's not it. It's called uh, Rainbow Mountain Springtime Yummies. I don't know. (laughs) Would you all recommend this movie? Absolutely. Yes. Oh my god. I highly recommend going in without knowing anything, if you can. Um, But just allow yourself to have a good time. Watch these... Yeah, watch these people just bounce off each other like pinballs in a fucking pinball machine. Sorry if you listen to this whole thing and like now know the entire plot and we're like, yeah, you should watch it without knowing the entire plot. No. Well, we just <laughs> I gave that a early. spoiler warning. <laughs> I gave a yeah. spoiler warning at the beginning. True, that's true. Oh, I had so much fun watching this movie. Yeah. And I think it's nice. I... I think one of my favorite tropes in a horror movie is when a bunch of people are just trapped in one place. Mm-hmm. You can just do so much with that. Like, mm-hmm. you just have this one location and a bunch of big personalities, and that's all you need to make a compelling story. That's why uh, um, Knives Out and Glass Onion were both very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like and the movie- last... Is kind of similar to those. It is two very in, similar to Knives Out in a, in similar and different ways. Like so dumb, it's brilliant. No, <laughs> it's just dumb. With the the characters within the movie, not the movie itself. The movie itself is very clever. Um, and they like set up dumb. everything in a way that when it pays off, it's it's very satisfying. Nothing seems to come out of nowhere. It's all very built up. Like the mm-hmm. the weird energy between Jordan and uh, Sophie, the car light being left on, um, the Pete Davidson thing with the champagne bottle, Greg mm-hmm. being a vet versus a veterinarian. Um, it was just- just got also, huge lungs 
And he can hold his breath. He's got so such long. huge lungs. I told you guys I have the biggest lungs. He's. So, I'm getting. Do you guys think that Greg is a himbo? Yes. A little bit, yeah. I think so. We don't get much time with him. So, like, it's hard to tell because, like, for me, a himbo has three qualifiers. Um, just big energy. Like, even if they're not, like, a big muscle person, like, they still have big energy. You know? Um, kind. Which, Greg's... He, he's never mean, I would say. Out of all of them, I think he's the nicest. I feel like he reacts pretty rationally to some fucking idiot picking on him for no reason. Yeah, like, Pete Davidson just straight up, like, punched him in the face. Yeah. Um, and then big energy, kind, and very dumb. I don't know if he's super dumb, but he's he's kind of, like, spacey. I mean, if he made it through vet school, he's gotta be at least somewhat smart. But... Yeah, I feel like he's he's dumb in, like, the social interaction way. Yeah, or maybe it's just that he's, like, not clued in to the culture and the ultra-specific mm. lingo of all these people. Yeah. Yeah, and also, why thing. why is he hanging out with a bunch of ki- younger, really younger people? I mean, hey, if a bunch of, like, 19-year-olds invited me to this awesome party at their rich dad's mansion, I would probably go at least just out of curiosity. I'd go to steal stuff out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I would not go because this shit would happen. I mean, yeah. fair. Um, what was it? Uh, there was something. I found the name of the show. It's called Murderville with Will Arnett. That's who oh, I was thinking. Murderville. Of. Interesting. May have to watch that. Well, do we have any last thoughts about this movie? I don't blame. Wait, her, Alice is that her name? Yeah, for wanting a a an older zaddy. <laughs> I don't blame That's her. That's fair. That. I mean, it is Lee Pace. Like, I mean, how old it's is Lee, Lee Pace? Pace? He's like forty. Like oh, forty. Okay. I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, I do love Lee Pace. He's such a puppy dog of a man. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend watching Pushing Daisies. Very cute He's show. Yes. I really want to see more from all of these um, actors. They absolutely killed oh, yeah, it. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yes. Especially sure. Amandla. Um, whenever they're in anything, I I know they're gonna deliver an absolutely stellar performance. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's big thumbs up from all of us. And in the meantime, if you would like to keep up with Chainsaw Matinee, you can follow us on Twitter at Chainsaw Matinee and on TikTok at Chainsaw Matinee. And we also have a Patreon. Mm -hmm. So anyone who feels compelled to, we super duper appreciate if you throw some money our way. We do have some more bonus episodes in the works. Marty and I have, have started a little bonus series where we get high and talk about star wars <laughs> yeah Is just that? have you come up with a name yet not yet no we've been trying to um the high ground was already taken and kai uh does not want to use down with sis um which is the confederacy <laughs> of um inner Independent it, system. It, it, See, it, we can't remember what it's saying. <laughs> we can't use it. It's too obscure. Oh. Can I make a suggestion? Yes. 
You could just call it We Get High and Watch Star Wars. Yeah, but that's not fun. <laughs> I think it's fun. It's gotta be a pun. We'll think about it. I, w- I was thinking, like, um, we could call it White Yoda after the weed strain White Yoda. <laughs> but, oh my god. Um... <laughs> I, I stand know. by my suggestion. May the Force Twenty be with you. For, that's, that's a, a good really one. good one. It's it's hard to see written out though, because when you write it out, it like looks kind of funky. But when you say it out loud, yeah. you're like, oh. I mean, we could just call it Force Twenty. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. But good. I'm biased because it's my suggestion. I that's am a, a Libra one. Moon after all. You're very good <laughs> with coming up with names. You are. Thank you. You guys are also very good. Um, like the, I, I hope it's okay if I reference Cage Against the Machine, best oh, podcast title yeah. award. Yeah, we we need to make that into an actual thing. Yeah, podcasts that we haven't done at all yet. <laughs> yet. It'll happen one day. Oops. It's coming. Oopsie daisy. Well, everyone out there, take care of yourselves. Have a great Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Be out and loud about it. Because, you know what, there's a lot of fucked up shit happening right now, and I'm not going to get too far into it or too heavy, but if you know, you know. If you know what, uh, there's a lot of shit going on, and a lot of hatred, Mm -hmm. and I have made it my personal goal just to be as completely unapologetically queer as possible. Because I don't care, and I'm not going to live my life in fear of some asshole. Mm-hmm. And if they want to try me, I've got my knife on me, so let's go. Hell yeah. There you go. Wear your and leather, the more... wear your rubber, wear the puppy mask if you want, um, shake your ass, and um, uh, fuck shit up. And be visibly queer and uh, join the brotherhood of evil gays. <laughs> the more open you are, the more out you are, the more other people who need that space to exist feel confident and comfortable coming out and exploring parts of themselves that they normally wouldn't get to. And it matters and you don't have to be perfect about it it's all about exploration and finding who you are and what you think and what you say but you're never going to find that out if you don't put it out there if you don't just just go for it yeah yeah well as always thank you for listening and may your nightmares be plentiful